Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know what's really hard? Hiring people. I've been in that situation two times in my life. It's really hard. There's some real skill that you need, and even then it might not always work out right. Well, guess what? That's why ZipRecruiter exists. They have powerful matching technology. They scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter, so effective. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're also brought to you by an old friend of ours, SeatGeek. The best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. And there's a lot of and more going on lately because there's not a lot of sports going on, but there's a lot of and more. For $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code BS, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. Don't forget about our new podcast on Luminary. It's called Break Stuff. It is the story of 99 Woodstock, Woodstock 99. 1999, Woodstock. When Woodstock happened in 1999, and uh, just a, everything went wrong. Um, and there's been some proper conceptions and some misconceptions about everything that that happened over the course of those few days. Stephen Hyden breaks it all down for you. Just go to luminary.link slash Simmons for two months of free access. Cancel anytime. Terms do apply. Our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, Kara Swisher is here. We're taping this um, August 1st, actually. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know. Um, so if anything weird happens in the tech world that we didn't address. I will call you immediately. Yeah, we, we'll just like, we'll dub it over. Like, <laughs> you never know what the tech world. Well, they may be off for August. We'll see. Every day there's something else, stranger. You know, just this new Facebook thing. We can go into it. New know. Facebook the thing. The mind reading thing. Oh, yeah, this yeah. mind reading thing, yeah. Um, I think because... Because you've been in the mix for a while here, people people don't realize you basically have been doing this since the start of the internet. Yes, we're in the on the ground floor. Yes, indeed. So to since speak. the nineteen early nineteen nineties. Yeah, I was when, on, I when was the on internet like was the commercialized. Were you on the third floor? Yeah, yeah. when the internet was commercialized uh, by by legislation. Al Gore was a critical part of it, even though people make fun of him. He was critical. But he really was. He did. He didn't invent the internet, but he certainly was critical to its beginnings as a commercial entity. It had been a government en- entity before then and used as a, as a communication system. And I didn't really start even using email until 96. Oh, wow. That's and cool. But I kind of knew stuff was going on, but it yeah. was just, you know, people in computer labs in college and- right. Weird message boards. And yeah, it was, like weird. That. it was Gopher and, and F. There was another name. I, I so used you were in them. you were in it like from that. Point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Usenet groups. Yes, yes. I used all the stuff. You know, in the earliest there was there was a thing called Digital City from Apple had something it was actually run. No, by it was AOL. AOL, AOL actually that's, ran. That's it where for I got them. my. That's where my first site was. Oh, was yeah, it? Digital yeah. City Boston. D- Digital City. Yeah, that was anyway. There was, was tons of early yeah. stuff, but they were all echoes of what was coming. Like you, you know, I was super early. One thing I was very early to was mobile phones. Um, I, I worked at the Washington Post and they had a suitcase phone and I 
claimed it and used it all the time. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved carrying around my suitcase phone. And I kept telling people, you know, everyone's going to have one of these. It's going to be small. It's going to be like Star Trek. So that was one thing that I thought was much more important than just the internet was the combination of the internet with mobility. And that to me was so critical. It was such a big thing. And then you didn't um, think Gordon Gecko and Wall Street. No, I love. I had on one of those. Beach. I had, had one like, of those. I, I loved him. I, yeah. I, I did that. I was on a beach. I think someone broke up with me because I was on a phone. <laughs> I was in Provincetown Harbor and I walked out on low tide so I could get a signal from Boston. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was great. And uh, what was interesting about it was I, I wrote a story, which I just referenced because I wrote a recent story about not owning a car anymore, um, because I think that's the next big trend. We can talk about it more if you want. But um, and I just sold my my final car. Um, I uh, I really thought that mobile phones were going to be everything. And so I did a piece for the Wall Street Journal when I first got there in the in the 1990s called Cutting the Cord, that I will never have, you know, you will never have landlines. You will, mobile phones will be getting better and better. And the idea that you would have a cord was crazy to me. And I remember a lot of pushback from people because they like their landlines or their pay phones or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, mobile, I think, is more important than anything. Well, the mobile had the bias early on of like, you're going to get cancer. Yeah. We're well, all going to have cancer that. if we have mobile phones. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's, and then it's online. TBD. The, yeah, the early part of online was like, it's going to be like Big Brother. Yeah, it is like Everyone's going to know everything. That they actually was right. That was right. That was <laughs> yeah, 100% right. We should have listened. No, that one was 100% right. And it was, you know, that wasn't the biggest right. I think it was the idea. I think people didn't realize how quickly you get distracted and how much you use it. And you're in a state of continuous partial attention. I think that's the term that a Microsoft person used to me many years ago, which was you, everyone will be, she was a, she was somebody who did predictions and she said, everyone will be in a state of continuous partial attention. Yeah. And, and, and it was, and I, I used the term continuous part partial satisfaction today, uh, today in writing a piece for the New York times about the antitrust stuff is that they, they've got us satisfied the, like the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks. And so we're not, we're, we're continuously sort of satisfied, but they, 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 they reap so much benefit from knowing all our information that we're a cheap date essentially. It's true. Yeah. Well, I remember the movie The Net with Sandra yep, Bullock. Of course. And that was right when the internet was becoming a thing. And again, I was not on the internet yet, Mo yeah. mostly because I I don't think I had the resources. Yeah. It was like it would have to tie into the phone line, all that stuff. Yeah. She was um, searching for a modem to save herself. Do you remember yeah, she was yeah, running yeah. And around? It was the thing. whole premise of that movie is basically the internet. It's evil. They can wipe out your entire history in five seconds and all that right. stuff. I don't know if that's true, but it is the lessons of that movie as as we've watched what has happened the last four years. Yeah. Well, that and was longer than that. That was a long time. The movie there was, was a, 95. There was a bunch. There was there was a bunch of movies like that. Sneakers. Obviously, War Games is the is oh, the going real. way way back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the idea disclosure. of tech, remember disclosure. Remember how they used the email and oh, disclosure? Yes, yes. Like you went into a booth. Three D. It was three yeah. D. It was actually it was it was artificial. Not of artificial touch. It was uh, AR. Yeah. augmented reality and then VR. It was sort of a VR AR kind of thing right. with glasses. That was that was about, you know, me too. And it was also about that, the uses of it, if you remember. It was me too where the guy ends up being the hero. That's right. Of it course. Was like, oh, Michael you know, Douglas. That's right. Something you gotta watch sometimes watch you gotta look ladies. at it from the guy's perspective. Yeah, I know. yeah that movie like, is that all age things because you know men are victims <laughs> on most of the things. I just had a terrible argument with my son who's 14. He's like, you know, sometimes men get sexually harassed, mom. I'm like Okay. Like, I didn't know what to do. I just, I just watched stopped. Disclosure, Mom. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm not even going to tell him about that movie, but it was funny. I think Total Recall, which I think came out oh, in 1990. Oh, my favorite movie. Love that It invented movie. FaceTime. 
It was such a great movie. My Remember favorite he, thing is he, when the he face. Could queue up, he yep. could queue up on video. You could talk yep. to somebody. Yep. It was like, oh, Absolutely. that would be cool if that yeah. happened. But my favorite is when he took the mask and it went, it's better than a Mission Impossible. They ripped them off. But it was like, it did this weird geometric thing that came off. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger has been in so many good sci fi movies. It's a great run for him. Yeah. I didn't like when they remade it. Oh, the new one? I just watched it the other day. It's dark. And Christian Bale just grumbles throughout no, the whole it thing. No, it was Colin Farrell. Oh, was it Colin? Was yeah. he in that one? The, Christian, Christian Bale's Bale. in another one. He plays John Connor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm John Connor. So. You know, I'm a Terminator. That's my favorite movie, except for, well, no, I'd have to say anything with you kinda, Crow in it. You kind of have a little Sarah Connor vibe, well, that, Terminator yes, 2 vibe right now yes, with the sunglasses. I, this is the, people keep putting up pictures of me and Sarah Connor, and the new there's a new one coming out with her, and she's carrying like, there's, it's she about looks to come, great. The woman that's in it was is in that series that was about the early internet. I'm blanking on her name, but she's an amazing. She was also oh in that Black one that was Mirror. on AMC. Yes, yeah, yes. Shoot, take charge. That. Shoot and take kill. Whatever. She's amazing. She played the the hacker in that, and she's in the new Terminator. And then she was also in a Black Mirror episode that everybody loved. Um, so when they do a show like that AMC show. Do you, do you just get a call? Are yeah. you like the unofficial consultant for all of these shows? No, just Silicon Valley. When when Mike Judge started it with Alex Berg, they came and saw me and we talked about it. And like, who could they hook up with? Who could they bring on board? And I just gave them some advice. They would run some stories. They, they had a bunch of people they ran stories by. Like, you know, I think the one about the the horse sex one, um, the one about um, the, the conjoint, conjoint uh, triangles of success. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and then some like wood you know, Sean Parker or Mark Cuban talk like this or something like that. Because obviously a lot of the characters are amalgam of people. Yeah. That's a perfect show. They really nail it. Quite Have they way. gone out of their way to just completely parody one person in that show where we will never think, know who the person was? But. Yeah. You, you know, like uh, Russ Hanneman is, was one of my favorite characters and he's like six people mashed into one. I'm like, you know, and then and then Gavin Belson, the the holy guy. Is it Eric yeah. Schmidt? Is it Larry Ellison? Is it and that actor is fantastic. He's a great guy. Um, you don't know who they are, but there's a there's a few people that you could guess. I was convinced that the woman who plays uh, Su- uh, Suzanne Cryer, who plays who does a brilliant job playing Lori Bream, the yeah. venture capitalist, I was convinced she was playing uh, Marissa Mayer, who was the CEO of Yahoo. But she said she wasn't. She was playing a a, a white guy, essentially a white programmer guy so i don't I know i would feel like if she was doing marissa mayor you we would know because yeah. she's she's very distinct yes I I, well, she, has she was very distinct she is I, th- I always thought her voice was but she wasn't i think they're playing amalgams of people they yeah. take bits and pieces of some of these people and then just their own thing their own thing but they nail it pretty closely with a lot of the mannerisms and some of the things so when the other ones sometimes um i had a guy call me who made um, that one with um, Christian Slater uh, that was with Ronnie, the guy who won. Oh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. And he was, I I forget his name, but he called me because he wanted, I thought it was a joke. They called me, they wanted to buy my AOL book and make it into a movie. And I thought it was like Steve Case playing a joke on me. Yeah. Like I thought it was a fake call and I'm like, yeah, screw you. And it turned out to be the actual director of that. Um, I don't think they'll ever make an AOL movie, but... uh, you know, different times when there's tech things. I guess. What did AOL do wrong, in your opinion, all these years later? What did they do right, I think, is really the is question. Is that what it is? Yes, they're just early. The planes are covered with the bodies of pioneers. I mean, I think doing that purchase was um, probably the problem. They That was never going to work. That It was too early. It was too arrogant. It was, you know, media companies, 
I think Time Warner had just as much to do with that failure as AOL did, even though it's painted that AOL was this group of sort of um, Ponzi scheme people. Yeah. Um, I think they were right. on. Yeah, thank all, God we don't have those people now. Right. No, they were right on the concepts. <laughs> like if Time Warner had embraced that, then it would be a much better, it would have been a bigger and more powerful company. They were right about the idea that say, um, movie ads were going away and everything was moving online and that, and, and that you needed to marry cable and high speed with content they, conceptually on all the, the bigger ideas, they were right. It's the execution that was wrong. I think, but the idea of modern inter internet company and media companies combining, you see Disney doing it, you know, now again, trying to do this streaming platform um, and at the same time still doing what they do well, which is make movies. I felt like they had a huge lead there for like 15 months. Who did, AOL? Just, just with email and just casual people who didn't know right. that well, much. It, was, it wasn't really- be like, oh, I need an email address. What should I do? And most people gravitated to AOL well, there for It was an online service. It was not an internet site because remember, it was a, it was a walled garden approach, oh, which you know, me, Facebook I had, does. I yeah. had my site was on there and my friends yeah. couldn't read it at work. Right. It had, you had to have an AOL address. And it was free for you. And then suddenly they turned around and started charging content providers. Yeah. That's, what they, that's where they really went wrong because they were the friend of content providers, but it was like an internet within the internet. So it was never really going to work because the wider internet was much But the more. way to do it should have been the moment they realized they had as many email addresses as they had, just open it up to the whole internet. You yeah. have a lead, you have all these accounts and then just go. They did, they, you know. And by the time they did it, it was a little late. Well, they bought, they stole from Netscape. Netscape, you know, yeah. they, you know, they actually stole from CompuServe and um, the one from Sears. Uh, there was two of them. There was CompuServe. They 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 were the original ones, and then came AOL, and then AOL was supplanted by Yahoo, and then Yahoo was definitely supplanted by Google, um, and then you know, and so on and so on. So a lot of people got to a certain point, and then the next technology, which is which is great about technology, is the young eats its old, kind of thing. And so that's that's one of the positives I see in what's happening now, although I'm I'm very worried. I write a lot about these big companies may being too big to, to fail in many ways. They can't be taken down by the typical innovation cycle that happens that kills off the previous. I just thought we weren't supposed to have monopolies, but it seems like we have, we're in a monopoly culture totally. right now more than we've ever been. Totally. I mean, I, I wrote a column this week about this in the Times, which was, you know, I was just saying, when's the last time a social network started? When's the last time a search engine started? When's the last time an ad network started? When's the last time a big commerce site started? And I listed, it was a long time ago for each of them. Snapchat was the last big social network to start and it yeah. struggles under Facebook's cop relentless copying of its great ideas. Right. Um, you have, there's no e-commerce site that's even close to Amazon. I think Amazon is 48% of the market. And um, uh, I think Walmart and eBay are seven and 4% or eBay is 7%. Walmart is 4%. Like think of the online commerce, yeah. not offline. Um, and then uh, ad ad business is dominated by Facebook and Google. There's no big players. And the next big player that's coming up, Amazon. Like, so it's not as if it's some new fresh company. It's Amazon beating. So they're all going to, all the big ones are going to, the big dinosaurs are going to fight over it. And then in a search, nobody but Google. Nobody. I mean, there's DuckDuckGo, but it's 1% of the market. And it's a great service because it doesn't track you. I don't you. even know what that is. It's 1% of the market. It's, <laughs> I had Gabe Weinberg, who's the CEO, it's a great service because it doesn't track you. It doesn't do behavioral advertising. It does contextual advertising. So if you search for a car, you get a car ad versus them mashing together all kinds of things and understanding you in a behavioral sense, which they don't need to do. Yes. I don't, 
I don't like so much of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Am I bumming you out? No, I just, I, I think we're TikTok. at a really, no, we're at a really dangerous point. I had a friend, a friend of mine works for Snapchat and like mm-hmm. a year ago when their, when their stock really cratered. Yeah. And we were just talking about it. We're at a Clipper game. And I'm like, are you worried? He's like, yeah, it's not great. I think we have some stuff to figure out. But he's like, there's been no platform that's launched in the last five, six, seven years that has able to accumulate as many users we have, that still should mean something, which right. was a, very similar to what people at Twitter were saying. They were right. like, during the Small. Twitter dark spots, they were saying, all right, yeah, this is a disaster, but we have all these people. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to do this. Yeah. And really, Snapchat's the last one that did it. I don't know what's going to happen with TikTok. And well, whether it's interesting. TikTok then, can then you have the Chinese element. There's a Chinese company that's sort of invading this country, being very popular. Um, there's, you know, there was the sort of face app freak out last two weeks ago. That was where, hilarious. Yeah. Everybody I, downloading it at the same time. Yeah. And then we go, like, oh shit. Which is a two-year-old company, <laughs> yeah. right? But I mean, exactly what is Putin going to do with all those faces? I don't know. But the issue is that these these are out of countries where the government does have significant influence on the companies. Um, no matter how much they say they don't, you know, the Chinese companies are very close. They, they don't have many choices if the government comes around. Uh, the monopoly thing, though, it's dangerous on 75 different levels. But like you were pointing out, any like Snapchat does something good, Instagram just takes it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. that's your best idea. Here's Instagram stories. Yeah, I, and, I like Evan Spiegel a lot, and I I call I call him Chief Product Officer of Facebook. <laughs> that's <laughs> he laughs. <laughs> he's a smart guy. He comes up with you know he's he he had his controversies early in that business, and there's definitely some execution problems going on there. You know, in terms of settling on the way to manage that company, they they expanded too fast. Too, yeah, but you know what? He's so creative. Every time I talk to him, I always am like, oh, that's really interesting. He gives a lot of Mark Zuckerberg is sort of like the Bill Gates of this era, right? Yeah. Versus a Steve Jobs kind of personality. I don't think it's on the same level, but it's certainly fresh ideas from Facebook are few and far between. But you talk about Libra. The, the great what ifs. Libra. What? Yeah. If, if, uh, if Twitter ends up with Instagram, yeah. Dick Costello has that whole story about yep. that 48 hours when he thought they had them. And they then Facebook him. basically steals it in the last yeah, second. Did. Yeah. If Facebook doesn't do that, I think Facebook is, is, going downhill like fast and hard. Yes, they were. They knew it. They had to get Instagram. I, don't, I think Facebook now has turned into a place for, for people 40 and over. Well, you know, they Instagram was a critical purchase for them. So was WhatsApp. Both of them yeah. are high growth. And, you know, the thing is Kevin Systrom left. Facebook had had it with with the, the, the relentless uh, attempts by Mark Zuckerberg to uh, take advantage of that, to really, to, to integrate, to use Instagram to help Facebook grow. And then the arguments on the Facebook side was we made you bigger than ever, but not because of the reason Instagram was has been popular is because Kevin Systrom is innovative and do, does innovative things. He also steals from Snapchat, but I think there people like the Instagram experience, and so it, what he wanted to do was these apps to stand on their own, like as as a quality product, and then helping each other as part of the Facebook universe. But you know, he left. What's the WhatsApp creator left Facebook? Yeah, it says a lot when people like that leave. It seems like simplicity has become more and more in vogue with mm-hmm. the stuff. Like one of the reasons I like Instagram is it's like, it's just pictures. Yeah. They're, they're not trying to shape my thoughts on anything. No, I don't I'm just use looking at, much. you can look at pictures of your family, your friends, celebrity yeah. you like. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you can look well at their done. Instagram stories. I can spend time with 
whoever I want to. And right. it's like, oh, LeBron's, it's Taco Tuesday for LeBron. Yeah. yeah people Here's like his it. story. Yeah. You um, know, of course, that was a Snapchat invention story. Oh, 100%. I mean, really. But like TikTok. So I have a 14 year old and 11 year old. Right. And they are really into TikTok right yeah. now, which is basically Vine, right? It's yeah, yes, it's a better, smarter version yeah. of Vine. Right. My daughter calls it Vine 2.0. Right. Um, that's another thing. It's just simple. It's fun. It's happy. Yeah. And I do wonder if that's where some of this stuff's going to go. Well, you know, all these companies have tried to do that several times. You know, Periscope. It, there's a lot. There's Vine, Periscope, Facebook tried it. There, there's, it's been tried. It's really interesting that this particular version TikTok is working when it's what happens in tech a lot is some people try things and then it doesn't work in one place and then it suddenly works somewhere else. And they're like, what happened? Right, exactly. And so you don't really understand what was that extra little thing that they put in. Um, again, the, the concerns about TikTok are a Chinese company having all this data, about, especially about kids mm. uh, in this country. And so I think there might be some pushback to that. They've just, it's not they've one of my top 50 on concerns for my kids. No, I know, I know. It's maybe like 72nd. I don't know my kids use TikTok. 73rd? Yeah, I don't know. It's in the top 100. Okay, all right, well, good. Yeah. Well, it's, I but mean, they're spending all their time on it, right? Well, they spend their time on that Instagram stories. Snapchat's the one. Snapchat. My daughter has been telling me for a while that Snapchat's back because it is. It's the one thing they can do where the things just disappear. There's no, it's yeah. like they become spies almost. And I read everything on my kids' phones, but the Snapchat will just come and go. And right. I, there's exactly. nothing I can do about it. No, so no. I can get rid of it and she could be you know, separated from all our friends with this one thing, which is yeah. bad for her. Yeah. So it's like this weird power they've created. Yeah. My son likes, he complains about Snapchat and the way you complain about something you really like. Oh, I don't like this and that. He, they hated the redesign, obviously. That was a big mis That, was, that was a big misstep for them. But he still uses it all the time. And he's so adept at it. And it's the way he talks. It's his communications. It's like WeChat in China. It's Except it doesn't have all the other stuff like payments and other things. That WeChat, I think, is one of the more perfect products in terms yeah. of integrating everything. The partial attention thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is obviously one of the biggest problems we have right now. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you know, if you go backwards... Every generation kind of had their own version of yeah, this where TV, they thought- Gilligan's Island for Yeah, me. this is going to ruin, Yeah, this is going to ruin kids. And mm -hmm. you go back to like the 30s and 40s and it was certain books. And right. so I do wonder if it's a little overblown, but at the same time, I have noticed like it's really hard to get people just one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Even with our kids, like we take their phones at dinner or else they're going to look at their phones. Well, they can't help it. It is the same, but it's it's similar, but not the same. I think that's because these things have addictive qualities. And, you know, you have probably intentionally had addictive. They're totally they're like slot machine of attention. Yeah. That's what I think of it as. And so it's it's just the way. Look, we've always had fake news problems, but now it's amplified and weaponized, you know, and it's iterative in a way that is so hard to control and it's so massive. Um, it's the same thing is these ad addictive elements, these phones are actually addictive. And I know television is addictive, but it's not, it's, it's you're, you're six foot distance from it. In this case, it's right next to you. It's constantly pinging you. It's got all the elements of a slot machine, all the elements of, of gambling or drug use or it's and i don't want to go that far but it really is when you start to see how much time these but companies it's changing spend. your brain chemically exactly. it is a form of drug and these use companies have psychologists on staff they've got sociologists you know tristan harris has done a lot of work around this although he wants to talk about the whole uh systemic issue it's not just the it's not just addiction it's also the fake news it's the virality of it it's that negative postings attract more postings you do if you do a negative post it, it like rises the click rate up 
like a massive amount. Right. And that's so like just Twitter, for example, is not a big company. It is not big by any stretch of the imagination. But think of the impact it has with Trump using it and people and especially the media being constantly addicted to Twitter and what he says on it. It's changed how we govern. He governs by Twitter. Like he does, says to something to the Justice Department and then the Justice Department guy says to a judge, I don't know what he meant. He just tweeted, we, I need to find out, you know, like if, think about that. If we did a fantasy draft of things yeah. that we should just eliminate and the world would be better, I think Twitter might be my number I, one choice. I've said that many times. I like it though. I love it. I, lo- I, 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 I like it news. too. That's part of the problem with it. But yeah. I'm sure I would like heroin if I kept trying it. Like yeah. at some point there's diminishing <laughs> okay. returns. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. I think it's really interesting. If I had to shut down, I'd probably Twitter. Probably Twitter is- It definitely, if you made the pro con list, there's some pros, but the cons would be like, oh yeah, here's another con. Yeah, funny memes. Oh, here's there's, another one. Yeah, funny memes You just Twitter keep going wonderful. and going. I think what it's done to media and the attack mentality Twitchy. of people and all that stuff- um, I think the the group think is so dangerous yeah. and just as a creative person, I don't like it. Like I, yeah. I really like to hear different types of voices and mm-hmm. people taking chances and not being afraid. Like if they write a piece, people yeah. are going to shit on them for two days because yeah. they didn't like the angle. Yeah. I, I ignore it. I, I, I think people take to take two. one. Of the, I have two sides of this. One is the, the pylon thing is really irritating at the same time, I'm tired of media people saying, oh, I'm being piled on. Oh, the Twitter. Well, mom. don't I'm read like, the replies. Turn it off. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think that's a topic anyone cares about the difficulties of being a media person in the today's era. Well, you don't have to read the replies. I think right. the issue for me, just as somebody who's in running a company that has a lot of young people, is right. they all look at it and yeah. it really affects them. And I've spent this whole decade at Grantland and at The Ringer. Mm-hmm trying to tell people like, just ignore that shit. They're like hecklers in a crowd. Don't let that bother you, but it does bother them. There's no way around it. Yeah. But then they'll have to figure it. Then they have to man up and not do it. I just, I feel like it's, it's hard to do that, but if you don't stop doing it, you're not going to do it. And the only thing would be to shut it down and it's not going to get shut down. It's not happening. So you're going to have to deal with it and stop ignoring it. But it's like, you know, I think what's happened, what is interesting, especially like when you see these suicide rates go up and these depression among, especially girls, the, 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 the likes, the whole idea of like and don't like or how many follows, that is definitely plays into what has been a, a problem since the beginning of time, which is, am I liked? Right. But again, this weaponizes and amplifies it. And so it takes it to another level that is hard to avoid. And I think that's what the problem is. Well, and then also people trying to present the best version of yes. themselves all the yeah. time that yeah. isn't realistic with no. how real life goes. No, no. And I think the people that do really well don't do that as much, which is when people do that. I did a whole bunch of Twitter things and, and sometimes on Instagram, like I was like, urine in San Francisco, urine bottles. And people are like, Kara, stop doing this. So I'm, plus, I'm like, that's my reality today. And there's a lot of people peeing in bottles and leaving. Don't follow room. me. Right. Yeah. And so at one point I was almost going to do, uh, you know how Christmas cards are like that, right? When yeah. you get those the idiot sweaters and here we are on our ski trip or, oh, we're scuba diving in Mexico, that yeah. kind of thing. I was going to do a Christmas card of my kids and I like littering, re- not recycling <laughs> properly, smoking cigarettes, like like just all the bad things. like And like looking at phones and ignoring each other. And I thought that would have been a great Christmas card. You should still do that. I'm I going think to. you should do that I'm for 2019. To. My kids are like, I don't know, mom. I'm like, oh no, we're doing it. We're doing so it. we get all those Christmas cards and every year we just put them in a big bowl. Yeah. And then one night my wife and I open a bottle of wine and we just go through all the cards for <laughs> like two hours. Yeah, it should be like televised. Here's the update from yeah. the Oh, we love family. it. And we're making jokes about the cards yeah. and oh my God, how they use that picture and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so we're wrapping up second decade yeah. 
of the 21st century. Yeah. Which is now three decades of the internet. Three, yes. So now, how bad if times you could now. describe? That's always the time when industries crack. You know that. Like, well, if you could describe each decade in a sentence, what would you? So nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens. How would you? How would you wrap up those decades in one sentence? Uh, Star Trek, the first one. Like wow, we're going to finally going to be Star Trek. Okay, we're going to finally be everybody. You know, communicators, everyone getting along, life suddenly you can see someone across the world and we're all the same people. It was very hopeful. It was a very hopeful time and exciting. And they weren't billionaires, all these people that I, when I met them. Yeah. So they were much nicer. And I, I, most of them have changed quite a bit. Yeah. All right. So 2000s? Money, 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 money. Crazy. The stock market, everybody, the sort of dot-com boom, everybody uh, just obsessed with money, like the stocks. It was really disappointing. It was disappointing and kind of gross to be there. The ridiculous parties that, you know, at one point, I forget there was Devo at one. And then I went to someone's house and they had, they, they, they rented like Elton John or something like, it was just crazy, you know, and planes and. Ugh. 2010s. Um, the reckoning, reckoning, the reckoning, really, as not, not at the beginning, you know, everyone again, Facebook was dominant then. And when Facebook, I remember when they did that third party, it was sort of the seeds of disaster were then when, the, for example, Facebook, there was a Facebook event that Mark was at and he, he had given third, he was trying to attract people to the platform. It's where the whole Cambridge Analytica thing came from initially, is he gave third parties the ability to access Facebook data. And it, and I remember thinking, that's not a good idea. What happens if these little companies... Like the, the lack of like privacy violations started there. I think that's it was the seeds of the reckoning, and now we're in the tech lash. If somebody said Facebook is evil, what would what would no. your counter be to that? No, it's not evil, but it's it's thoughtless. It's it's uh, it's a people that don't that don't even make an effort to understand consequences to understand the can, consequences. Can you describe all of tech that way? Um, I think Facebook is the worst example of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of, it's, people say unintended consequences. I think that's not the case. I think they could have seen it easily. Um, I think, you know, I did one, and the inability to take responsibility for the impact of the things they do. And I think, I, I like Mark Zuckerberg as a person, and I think he's lovely, he's a thoughtful person. But I, I've had so many interviews with him in which he really doesn't, get it like that, that he he's he's always like the community has to work on this i'm like no the community didn't get a billion 64 billion dollars just you like you're responsible for it you run the company you control the company you cannot be fired you either need to step aside or you need to do your job and i think that's the the un the the, the i don't want to say un, i won't use unintended they should have known that there would be a killer that would use uh facebook and video to broadcast a killing like they did in New Zealand. They should have known that. They should have understood that these tools that they put out there without much thought would might be abused by people, just the way WhatsApp was in uh, India, just the way, um, you know, even with this Libra thing, I'm sort of like, have you thought this out? Like, have you thought It's tough because I'm a big believer in the whole try it and see if it works. And once you stop trying things- sure. It's all fine you're when you're a small gonna, company. You're going to die. Yeah, yes, but on the other hand- a small company, but when you- you know, the reaction to, to me, the reaction to the initial election thing, their first reaction was like, we had no impact. Like knowing your power. I it think was like that, a cover. It was almost like a cover up. They weren't There was even. a murder in somebody's mansion. Like, yeah, yeah we I weren't here know. that we night. We were at dinner. We don't know. I don't we know. We have knives everywhere on every yeah. table. Like, what do you think people would, like, I, I just recall so many conversations, not just with Facebook or Google, all of them, 
where I would bring up like, well, that that could lead to bad things. And they were sort of like, you're a bummer, Kara Swisher. I'm like, yeah, I'm like an adult. Like I have a sense that maybe things could go awry if you give people unlimited power. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, and I agree with you. There should be innovation, but you don't get innovation from the big people. You get innovation when there's small companies. And that's the problem we have is that there's too many companies. You can't go around these companies. If you're, a, we're at the lowest point of startup, startup creation in a long, long time, I think for 30 years now. Right. So where is, where are the next startups coming from and how can they survive when there's all these big companies? And there's not just one, like it was Mike, I was just up at Microsoft actually last week. And they used to just dominate everything. And then when they didn't, everything grew up. So what? What's they need to get out of the way so the new stuff can come up, it seems to me. That's why all the regulators are sort of looking at, you know, they're terrified of Elizabeth Warren um, and those proposals. But it's not a bad idea to start talking about it for sure. Let's take a break. Talk about Helix. You're special. You're special, unique people. This summer, let's get you special mattresses made just for you and your unique needs. Other mattress companies. Yeah, you've heard them. They say they work for everybody. That's not possible. They'll say they're soft and firm at the same time. That's not possible. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, push or firm bed, whatever. You Just be you. Helix, no more confusion. No more compromising on the average mattress. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired. And if you go to helixsleep.com slash BS and take their two-minute sleep quiz, they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Even for couples, they can split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and field preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. You try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But we think you will. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash BS, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash BS for up to $125 off. You know, Facebook, all these places, once they really started growing in a big way and competing with each other, and you hit a point where you have a lot of talented people and they're all trying to come up with a good idea that's going to make the company better. And mm -hmm. they're in a room and it's like, well, what's your idea, Karen? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I have this idea for... Facebook Live. Right. And people will be able to have live video. And then it's like, great idea. Let's start working on it. And they put the best engineers possible on yeah. it. And they're trapped in the moment of the checkpoints sure. of creating this idea, never kind of looking at each other and going, hey, what happens if some crazy person just starts shooting no, people they don't on Facebook want it. It's Live? a bummer. It's a, that's their mentality. I think, you know, I have this line I use a lot, which I say uh, to, to crowds of technology people is like, Imagine your product is a Black Mirror episode and then don't make it. Like if you can think of a really bad outcome. But they don't, it does get into their jam. They like like their kombucha, you know, soft <laughs> soft shirt, soft shoes jam. And so they don't, they live, they do live in this bubble of, I, I hate to use that term because it's so easy, it's an easily abusing. But they, a lot of, like for example, Twitter. Use the, I don't want to just pick on Facebook. Twitter, I do believe that Twitter the reason why they took so long to get to bullying is because the people who created did never felt unsafe a day in their lives, in their lives. They didn't, they didn't have lack of safety. It was not designed by people who understood lack of safety. It wasn't designed by a whole lot of gay people. It wasn't designed by a whole lot of people of color. It wasn't designed by women, all yeah. of whom 
are subject to that on a daily basis. And I don't want to put like people aren't all victims and put upon everything like that. But if you the the the, the FaceTime stuff and the instant video stuff, I was immediately like murder, suicide, bullying, animal abuse, anything that people can people are awful when they get you know, right. and even if it's just 1% of it, 1% of zillions is a lot. Um, Casey Newton wrote a great piece about content moderators on Facebook who are living in, they, they contract this stuff out and don't pay I read it people. about how, how it's crazy, how messed up they it's are. It's messed the up. Thing. Why are they contractors to Facebook? Why aren't they, why don't they work it's for almost Facebook? Almost like they don't want the blood on their hands. Well, that's because it's toxic waste and they don't want to clean it up. So they hand it off to the poor people. Right. Like that to me is exactly what's going on here. And they, if they were sitting in Facebook headquarters and everyone knew what they were doing, do you think Facebook would think harder about allowing or YouTube or any of them? They don't have to think about the dirty and the dirty is part of it. And if they don't want to clean up the dirty, they can't have the other part. And then they say, oh, they're doing this. They're doing dance videos. They're doing salsa. Sure. That's really great. You know, TikTok, the, the dog that eats the eats the noodle faster than the uh, than his owner. Yeah. Funny, so adorable. But they need but then to watch under- one where the kid eats the dog. Right, exactly. Can't right, do anything right. about that video. Yeah, but it's just like just take responsibility for your entire the entire product. Yeah, but I- I'm amazed that they they're so well trained in explaining why they don't take responsibility. Like I had Jack There's- Dorsey on that couch and oh. just talking to him over and over again. Coming at it in different ways, trying to do it nicely, but just like, you're the one in charge of Twitter. Like you have all this abuse and your strategy with abuse on Twitter is to be like, well, put it on the user. They can just block them. They don't have to look at the replies. It's like, it's not acceptable. Everyone has told you for years, that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So why don't you fix this? Well, you know, we're, we want to fix this. It's like, you know, we're hoping a couple months we can fix this. It's like, you're in charge. Right. No, if they the love house to is do on that. fire, I'd be like, well, you know, house is on fire. Right. It'd be great if we could put yeah. the fire out. To me, I'm always like, where's the money? Who got the money? They did. Why aren't they doing it? Like, like I didn't get the billions that they all have. Like, yeah. So it's their job. I think it's, I think that's what's interesting. I did a really interesting But they're interview. good at, at, at making it seem like they're helpless. Yes. It's like, no. You're not helpless. You're in charge power. of the company. Yeah. No, Mark's like, you know, we, sh- when he says we should all do it together, I'm literally like, then give up your complete control of the company yeah, give and your the board. Stock up. Give up, give up. Con- you can keep your stock, give up your control. He controls the entire company. Like if you think that's the case, it's we, then let's be able to fire you if we need to, but yeah. you can't. And so what's, what's really interesting when I did that interview with him last year, I think people are struck by the other part where he's talking about Holocaust deniers, not meaning to lie, which let's, I don't even want to unpack yeah, that. Um, yeah. Right. But the part I was more disturbed by is when I was trying to get him to take responsibility. It's like, what do you feel about the people of Myanmar, India, who were killed because some engineer at Facebook decided to make this viral? And a lot of the answers, and, and again, he's a lovely guy. He goes, because, you know, what we want to do is work on solutions. He kept going, we want to work on solutions. It's all coach, And I was like, like no, no, this is what he thinks. It's not speech. We want to work on solutions, Carrie, because I'm an engineer. And I like about solutions. I say, well, I understand that, but you caused the problem. So I want to understand why you caused right. the problem. And he's like, solutions are my game because I'm an engineer. I think like an engineer. I'm like, well, engineer, you made the thing that broke and killed a lot of people. So let's talk about how that happened. Yeah. And like, but they keep going, but what about solutions and the future? Let's not worry about the past. I'm like, no, let's worry about the past so we don't do it again. And you can't, like, it, it's so... It, Literally, Silicon Valley is so not refl- has not been, and doesn't mean they won't be, has not been reflective in any way that they 
you imagine they can't even look in mirrors. I use that joke all the time. People laugh like they're vampires. Like you can't, yeah. they cannot see themselves in mirrors because they can't self-reflect. And a couple of them are like, you know, Brian Chesky of Airbnb. I've had some great discussions about the impact of, of his business on on societies. You know, you can have a really smart discussion with Mark Benioff at Salesforce about that. We had a huge argument about ICE and the work they're doing for the Customs and Border Patrol. It's He acknowledges it as a problem. Tim Cook at, at Apple, same thing. Of course, it's in their benefit to talk about privacy because they don't sell and they don't have an advertising business. But there's plenty of people who are willing to, to talk about it. You know, Satya Nadella of Microsoft, the problem is all those people didn't cause most of the problems, and they're but they're sort of sucked into it because. Do you have do you have a different relationship with those people because you were covering them when they were nobody? Yes, for sure. You, Are you, you the only one? Sports, right? Are you the only one? John Markoff, who's since retired, but he covered the computer world. You know, he, he I, I got to the internet. He was he covered internet stuff because you was, knew Bezos when he had like what five employees yeah, and half like of a head of hair. Yeah, <laughs> he had a lot of hair. <laughs> oh, he had a lot he of hair these, back then. Um, he wore these khaki pants with a lot of. You know, when they had folds in the front, a lot of that, a lot of blue shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, he had a lot of hair. Are there common qualities with these guys, um, especially the younger guys before they make it? Is there some sort of similar trait that they have? I I really was impressed by the Google founders when I met them because they just, they thought so orthogonally. And there had been plenty of search engines at the time. People forget, like everyone's like, oh, another search engine when they were funded by um Kleiner Perkins and uh, who was the other one? Sequoia funded them, and they, yeah. they they urged me to go visit them, and I did visit them when they were in their garage in the garage, Susan Wojcicki's garage, actually, and um, and so I I was struck by the conversation. I thought they were very inventive and interesting. So you saw, and Bezos was the same way, inventive. Like he had new ways of thinking about. Are things. they nerds? Are they some of them? Was anybody like one of the coolest people in their high school or college? Or are they all people who were just? Innovating in some dark office and trying, trying to, to figure shit out. Because Zuckerberg was a nerd. Uh, he was indeed a nerd. He was hard to get through to. Uh, Gates was that way too. Hard to get. Uh, we met um, Owen Van Otta, who was president of Facebook at the time. They went through a lot of ups and downs yeah. in the early days. And Owen said, "You need to come and meet him." And I, I said something like, "Oh, I, I heard he's an asshole." And he's like, "No, he's okay. You should meet him." And so I get there, and, um, and. He walks into the room and he's like, I hear you think I'm an asshole. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, no. Nice. Meet cute. Right. Yeah. And we then we ended up going walking around Palo Alto. He likes to walk around and stuff like that. And I've always thought he was thoughtful. Same thing with, I like Evan Spiegel probably is one of the more, I like talking to him. I always find something new from Snapchat. Um, you know, Reed Hastings from Netflix was, oh, I, t I invited him, the creator of YouTube, um, Chad Hurley, and um, the guy who created Hulu, Jason Kylar to Sundance and they put us in a basement, Reed Hastings, who started Netflix. And that was when Netflix was still sending out. Uh, yeah, uh, mailing CDs, the DVDs. DVDs. Um, and so we were down in a basement at Sundance talking about the future of media, how it's going to be streamed and this and that. And literally everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Like I, I had the three founders, like oh really, God. it was so early. It was, it must've been nine, oh, 2000, whatever. It was super early. Jesus. And I used to do this, but they, we were, I remember it being in a basement and, you know, they had all the celebrities upstairs and they had this sort of internet-y zone. And this was, a, I wish I had a video of that panel because they were like taught, like, like this is the way it's going to be. 
And most of the movie, and I was like, someday you're going to be able to put your movie out and it doesn't have to be in a theater and you could stream it and there's going to be all this stuff. And and at the time they thought Netflix was just a DVD service. But yeah. Reed had a concept of it that was much bigger of, of where it was. That was just a way station to what was happening and where he was going. And I thought he's really something special. You know what rich guys love? What? Panels. Panels, they do. Well, he wasn't rich. He wasn't rich at but the just time. People, they love getting on those panels no, and pontificating do. about where no, things I'm are going. You, he You've been not, on probably, you yes, moderated okay. probably more of those more panels of those. than everyone else but combined. But he wasn't rich at the time. I'm just saying he, that no, was no, I'm just, it made me company. think of that though. Yes, they do like panels. They if you, like you could, we could start a panel right now. We could just send out they don't like <laughs> on Instagram and be like, Hey, Bill and Kara are going to, we just want to talk about where things are going. We need yeah, three rich true. people. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, I'll be there well, at 430? VCs like to be on panels. Oh, God. You know, it's interesting because- And Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter, he gets on a lot of panels. Um, he does. That's your area. He's available right now for, <laughs> he's, he? pro he's probably coming in. Oh my God, it's Maverick Carter. <laughs> I'm staying away from that one. I don't know what <laughs> war with you. Um, he- um, you know, they are. They do like to get on them. Some of them don't. Some that you know, but some of them are very smart people. Like people are always wondering because, you know, for example, with Mark, he he sweat a lot during one of our interviews. It was a very famous sweating incident where he almost yeah. he sort of melted down essentially. He Which when was that? In, what it year? Two thousand six. He sweats so much on the in front stage. of like an audience. Instead of the for all things, I don't the remember audience. this. Oh, it's a big deal. It was oh, a big, really? is it, it was on a YouTube? Big moment in Mark Zuckerberg history. That was oh May wow, Mossberg. Um, and he literally looked like he was going to faint, and he he sweat like remember Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. That yeah, that was it was that level. Was it the of sweat. Albert Brooks Brooks? Yes, news. that one. It was yeah, that yeah. level of sweat. But he then came back and did an interview with me recently, and again, he probably regrets it now that he did it because he kind of messed up quite a bit. Um, but I always feel like it, people are always like, why do people talk to you? Because some of the interviews don't go well for some of the people I interview. Um, you know, I think of Steve Jobs a lot in that regard is he never had a particularly easy interview from us, but he was a smart guy who wanted debate. And so some of them are really great. You get good, really interesting discussions out of them. Like Susan Wojcicki came to Code this year, and I can't say she did well because she doesn't have a very good story, but she showed up to discuss it and you know, it was it was a tough interview. Peter Kafka did that interview, and it was a tough interview. So some people you get a lot out of, other people they just say nothing. They pontificate on bullshit. Yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure you know this, but I, it's something. I really started interviewing people. I had my podcast in 07. You're a great interviewer. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely better than I was. Um, and you you learn pretty quickly how much work you're going to have to do in the interview. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to carry this one. All right. Yeah. You're, this person's giving me nothing. And how you can try to pull out anything you can get out. You know, some people, they're ready right away. Other people yeah. might be 10 minutes. Other people might be a half hour. Well, and then if it's somebody that's just, it's not going to be there. You just wrap it up sooner. You kind of have to identify where they're, what, what motivates them. You know, when I was interviewing, whenever I interviewed someone, I... I used to, I have this thing where when I started off in reporting, I was like, what are people lying to me about? That was always my criteria. And then I <laughs> realized <laughs> quickly is what are people lying to themselves about? And what, mm. do they, what do they need to get through about themselves? Do they need to show they're the smartest person in the room? Do they need to show they're the nicest guy? Do they need, what motivates them to answer? Um, and like some people I've interviewed, if you make them angry, they gave give great answers. There's a couple people. I'm not gonna say exactly who they are, but yeah. you you get you challenge that them. you challenge them really quickly. Like sometimes I'll say something really awful. Like they'll say something, and I'm like, I don't believe a word you're saying. Like I actually will say that to them. I don't know if you do that, but and they're like, what? And I go, I think you're lying. 
I just, that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really don't believe it. Another time someone- I wouldn't do that. I would just circle around no, no, and let I just them say, hang I themselves. Think, I just, I don't even want to bother. And yeah. then another thing I often do is say that that was a lot of words, none of all strung together, none of which makes sense. Like that's just, that's a talking point. Can you stop doing that? And one of the great things about these long interviews is people can't avoid- after a while, they have to give up the talking points. Well, especially I don't use notes. Right. And Neither do I. You're going to wear somebody down. Yes, exactly. If they're just talking at some point, even like somebody, like when Jack Dorsey and we both did well, podcasts he's, with he's, him. He's a tough But one. he was clearly doing the, the tour, right? Yeah. And he he had his people. Did he do this? And he had his hands? Well, no, but he had his, his talking points, right? And the things but he, he wanted to hit. he believes those. Let me just he say. He does. Some, but it, yeah. he was clearly had practiced. All right. Yeah. Well, if they ask this, then this will, I'm going to go here. And right. you can get those, you can wear those people down eventually. He's tough. He's a tough one. He's tough. He's tough. I, I kind of liked him though. I felt like by the end of well, it, he's a nice guy. It sure. bothered me that he wouldn't take accountability, but I also really appreciated that he spent so much yeah, time and really like thought about the questions. And no, he's super thoughtful. He's but, super thoughtful. We did one. He would only, because he and I go round after round, and I think he wants yeah. to be peaceful so he doesn't. He doesn't like annoying Kara Swisher asking him questions anymore. He's, again, a Terminator too. Right, exactly. It's like so he what he did what he did is he said, okay, I'll do an interview with you on Twitter, which was like a goat rodeo. I mean, really, it was like, you know, wrangling cats, whatever metaphor you want to use. But so we were going back and forth, and all it did was show how bad the Twitter conversation was. Yeah, I'd ask him a question and he'd answer, and he couldn't run the thread, and then people were weighing in, and then it was it was a disaster. But I, but we we strung together the answers finally that it made cogent. So it was cogent. coherent, yeah. Uh, and it was astonishing how much it was clear that Twitter is not a place for conversation, which I think maybe was his point. Um, but you know, but it, I mean, ironically, it could be if they, of course, it could thought be. about some stuff of differently. Course. And there was some stuff that was going on in the late mid late two thousands with chats, and yep. I remember doing a bunch of them for ESPN, and it seemed like tech technology was almost there to come up with the ability. Instagram's trying to do it now. You can do your Instagram story and just get questions from people yep. and answer them. Yes, they are. Nobody's yes. ever really so figured out- So is Periscope. Out, so, is, yeah. so is Kayvon Beckport. He's a very sharp guy from Twitter. Nobody's ever figured out the perfect, um, hi, I'm Bill Simmons. I mean, for the next 15 minutes, I'll be answering questions, and then you can easily get them screened well, and go. AMA, actually. Right, I but that's typing. I'm talking it about- It is typing. Oh, talking. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's it's hard. And the problem Reddit is- Reddit AMA is probably the closest. And then they is. put the worst ones down and the best yeah. ones up and all yeah. that stuff. I think that's the smartest one. And I actually just did a great interview with Steve Huffman, who's the CEO and co-founder with Alexis Ohanian of Reddit. And we did a great interview just recently, a live interview. And one of the things I really appreciate about him, now Reddit was the sort of ground zero of shitty site, shitty oh, yeah. crap and stuff like that. And he, they've done a ton of work uh, and they're a small company of trying to clean it up and take responsibility for it. And I was really heartened to do an interview with him because before they were like free speechers, except they don't even know what free speech, they don't even understand the first amendment. Well, that's a fun policy, right? Where they're yeah. like, whatever. Look, man, it's a free space. You say <laughs> no, what you want. But it isn't, but it isn't. Like, there, it's definitely I not a safe space. Go, I have the first amendment. I said, Congress shall make no law, not Twitter. Twitter can make any law it wants. I was like, would you like to know what the second amendment actually says or would you like to just make it up as you go along? And I think one of the things that was uh, appreciative of him is that they're thinking about it and what is toxic and what is wrong. They just um, they just quarantined the Donald, which is the Donald, all things Donald Trump site because because the moderators 
what they do is they rely on the moderators to make the rules. And his idea is correct, is that all these communities will make their rules right. And our job is to police the moderators. Like if yeah. the moderators aren't doing their job, then we start to make action. It, makes, it, it totally scales in that way if you have these communities that care about conversation. So in the Donald, the moderators are not, they're letting violent stuff continue. And so they quarantine them. And at the end, I said, are they going to get off quarantine? Like, are they going to get back to like, Non quarantine moves you down and puts yeah. you, and people will find Trump stuff if you want to go to Trump stuff. But but he was like, you know what? If if the the recent um, send her back physical uh, rally is any indication, no, they're going to be banned. Like that was really something. So he was like setting rules. Like you don't get to say send her back. You don't get to do this. Go somewhere else if you want to do this. Go to whatever Gab or whatever site you want to do, but not here. And so that to me was, I was really heartened for a smaller company to be able to say that. And then to have Facebook saying, we don't know how to, you know, we can't do it with our millions of zillions of dollars and hundreds of engineers. I really hate Facebook. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I really do. I think they're just full of shit and- yeah. And uh, you're gonna use their currency, Libra. I keep saying, Libra. I would get rid of it if <laughs> if they didn't own an Instagram. I feel um, like it'd be hit. well, maybe so, they won't, maybe it will be spun off. I wish they would sell it off so I could get rid of it. I just they think some to. of the shit they did, especially during the election, and just pretending they didn't know what was going on for months, and then kind of like realizing at some point they had to acknowledge that they knew what was going on, but then just playing dumb. Well, some people think their business model is just, it will always go to that. It's so advertising based that it has to do the things it does. And therefore the whole business model is screwed. Well, that, they're it, being trapped to an algorithm. Right. YouTube's the same way, right? And yeah. they're, they're spending all this time well, trying to Google. fix that. Yeah. But Google. YouTube, you look, they, I mean, Charlie Warsaw's written all those pieces yeah, about the, uh, yeah. the pedophilia stuff. Yeah. And you hit this video, and then all of a sudden they oh, start suggesting all the time. eight-year-old and, and, girls on any in ballet topic, outfits. It goes to neo-Nazis really yeah, quickly. not great. Uh, it's not great. And what's really interesting is that it is hard to fight it. But one of the things I think about spinoffs, and everyone's like, oh, you don't want to break them up, government. I'm like, breakups work, by the way. They worked with AT&T. It works and other things. But wouldn't you think if you – or you would just create three big Googles. It's like, well, wouldn't you think one of them would start to think – I'm going to have a totally safe search service, which is only contextual advertising to differentiate myself in the market. Or wouldn't you say YouTube would suddenly go, you know what? We're going to double down on safety, safety, which is really what it's all about. This, you're talking about safety of right. people. Um, and you, if you have more competition, you'll think of things to do to differentiate yourself from the market, right? You're not going to, if you're a big company, you're just not going to do it. You don't need to. Well, so how do we explain Disney? Disney. Because now you, Disney with content, well, it's an Disney's, question. Disney's the most powerful content company probably of all time I, now. He's really hitting on all cylinders. And everybody who talks about where's content going and mm -hmm. the big battles that are coming, it, it's basically positioned as Disney versus everybody. Yeah. It's not Netflix versus everybody. It's Disney versus everybody. Because yeah. when they launch Disney Plus, it's going to be a beast. We'll see. They've been and failure in every single interactive effort they've made since the beginning. I've covered more all than of that. Them. How about the ESPN phone? What the ESPN? Oh, did remember they have the a phone? ESPN? No, I don't phone? even remember it. I, I, like, I've forgotten that. <laughs> no, one. they've had a lot of swings and misses, but yeah. from had, a content standpoint, Disney their library is remember crazy. Remember they bought InfoSeek? You don't know, like they're oh, yeah. they're great on content. Yeah. They've not been not so great on platforms. So I'm just going to wait and see because every one of them. Well, the has one thing they've done that's failure. unassailable is they've assembled a library of IP. IP. That, Content. They're um, great at movie making. They're great at TV shows. They have the whole Simpsons library now. Right. But they don't have All a the platform. stuff they got from Fox. Yeah, but they're going to have a platform. 
Well, we'll see. I'm saying they've just never been successful at it. I just don't assume that someone's going to be good at one thing. I mean, like, I'm not good at, I don't know, sport, like, whatever, knowing about sports, and I'm good at tech. Like, I just don't think it necessarily translates that they're going to be good at just, they've been, everything they've done in the internet space has been pretty C. I would say a C. Possibly an F. Like I mean, ESPN.com was redesigned 700 Everything, times. Every single thing they've done has been like, you. Know, it goes way back. See, I've been there for all. Michael Eisner had all this. Oh, stuff. yeah. They bought InfoSeek. They did. What was the place Disney from Seattle? Internet, DIS. Yes, that place. The, um, that was what ESPN.com turned into. Yeah, what's this? Oh, God, I, I covered that guy. Like, yeah. Who was that guy? He had a weird name. Anyway, and then they had that, they had a big, they had one of their engineers was arrested for for picking up a young girl at Santa Monica oh, Pier. Oh, that was a story. I, that was a, that was one of the 4,000 stories I wrote for the Wall Street Journal. But they had they had a disastrous attempt to be a search service. They had Disney Information Services. They had Disney DGI, I think, Disney Internet. Dig, dig, Disney Internet Group. Like, there's so many efforts. They did CDs for a while or, you know. It, they haven't had a successful ability to create a, a digital platform. So that would be the case for Netflix, where Netflix has accumulated great all of this intelligence. Yes, on great people delivery. that use them, they have unbelievable infrastructure digitally, and they're probably like, "Great, please think Same Disney's going to beat us." Same thing. Amazon hasn't done badly in the content space. It's great. They just the had bad, bad actual shows and right. movies compared them, to what they them, could but be. They, for the first efforts, not so bad. I'm yeah. just saying, you just can't, you can't look to any, look, Rupert Murdoch had something and I'm totally blanking because it was the 90s. Uh, Anthea Disney was involved. There was a whole, what was it called? Um, do you remember what it called? There was, there was a, a Rupert Murdoch thing that was going to change the, they were going to be AOL and then that failed. Like every media company, no media company has been particularly good at digital. Well, if everybody it. thinks Disney and Netflix and Amazon are all going to carve up content Google is in there now, and so is Apple. So, I'm dubious of yeah. Apple. Okay, me too. But, um, but I'm if everybody thinks one. it's going to be these three or four or five people mm -hmm. controlling all of the content we watch and consume and listen to, well, how is that not a monopoly? Before? Well, how is that different than before? Didn't we have five or six companies? Did we though? I mean, we had. Well, no, you've got Comcast in there with NBC. You've got um, AT and T's. Like, where the hell are we? Why haven't right. we been mentioned yet? This yeah, is exactly. bullshit. Stanky. We have it's HBO stanky. Max coming. Right, exactly. Well, again, look, HBO is a wonderful content service, but I can't. You cannot say that their digital efforts have been stellar. My concern with the AT and T thing is ultimately they're a phone company and they care about data and intelligence for people that use their phones. Of course. Of and course. content helps them get more people they using know. their phones, I, but I, do they actually care about I content? Just, I laugh when I, when I said, I called Richard Plepper. I'm like, I'm liking working for the phone company, Richard. And he was like, you know, fuck you essentially. <laughs> but, um, but you know, another incredibly creative content executive, what an amazing guy. And I met him when he was a PR guy for HBO. He, yeah. he was Jeff's. He was he like was, the greatest PR guy he ever. He was, he was great. Um, and he was, a, I've worked for him for a couple of years. He was a great, I love him, but really I, an awesome leader, but you know, great at content, great yeah. at content. And so why would he want to, like, how do you retain talent in that case? And I'm sure he'd be very cordial about it, but you know, I saw him right before he left and I said, how many weeks are you quitting in? Like, there's just no way creative people 
wanted to be part. And we'll see what they do. Maybe they'll do a great job. Maybe I believe they'll... in Casey Boys, I think, is actually really good. Well, who is that? Who is he's that? he's the guy who basically replaced Richard for okay, a great. lot That's of great. the content I'm stuff. just saying, how, how do he's creative good. people marry with, you know, the GE NBC thing didn't work that well. Some of the, you know, the Comcast NBC thing is working and, you know, they have an investment in Vox, but that's worked pretty well. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't see a lot of them move. They let the NBC people run it for better or worse and they don't, like they don't seem to be trying to do this intermarriage of things as much. And AT&T, you're hearing a lot more of that synergy stuff that you heard from Verizon when they bought AOL. And I was like, no, yeah. like, we're going to do this. I'm like, mm, okay. Sure. So what would be, what, how will we remember the 2020s? Ugh, I don't know. Well, you, you know, I'm prediction? interested. Here's what I'm interested in. A couple things. I think we're focused a lot on social media and content because you and I are interested in that, obviously. But I think some of the stuff I'm thinking about more is a couple of things. Very few, the next trillionaire is going to be the person who solves climate change and food problems. Like food, like not just Beyond Meat is like a crazy, the stock is not a crazy point at this point because it's, they just don't make enough money for the valuation they have. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's out of whack. But it points the idea of what it, who's going to be the innovator in, in food tech. Like agritech, ag tech, and things like that. I think those are there's some really interesting stuff coming out in that area. And so, and like for lunch, I could just have this pre-made pack. I don't know. I eat it in three bites, and then I'm satiated for six. hours. I'm not that creative. I don't know. Then but we I can think, send it to Africa, and everybody could eat whatever. It in but that's a really interesting area. The second thing is is climate change. Like who's going to? You know, there's some in both. Bill Gates Trump and, said there's no tr- climate change. Though. Oh, that's right. Well, let's just, we'll move on. Let's, it's so We're, glad we haven't discussed Trump at all in this no, moment. But that's so, what he said. Okay, whatever. Okay, all right. As, in any case, he also well, said Jeffrey Providence, Epstein wasn't a good friend of his. But as okay, Providence, fine, as, the, as the shoreline creeps closer, yes. closer to the house, oh, or Providence Town, I mean. Everybody yeah. knows. Providence Town's going to be gone. I'm, that's yeah. why I'm going this year. Providence Town's going to be gone. They're all going to be gone. Like, I sit here somewhere, I'm like, this will be gone. This will be gone. How about like, Nantucket? All, the, all those places I was on Nantucket and I thought, oh my God, when I saw it from the air, I'm like, Totally gone. Those beautiful houses, yeah, full of like gorgeous houses. There. But climate and change isn't happening. Totally. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, we're so, fine. But climate change technology, I think, would be like you see investments from Bill Gates is a little bit sort of dabbling around it. Elon Musk has some, but not that many tech people are fully engaged on that topic. I think that's a really interesting way to to make money someday to like really be that person. And then the, this aging thing. I even though I make fun of a lot of the food, the weird intermittent fasting and stuff like that they're all doing, the idea of of I've met with a lot of venture capitalists recently talking about this idea of health having a having a when we get old, we have to be sick. That is not necessarily the case. Like can you live to a, a certain age and and have a it's a health, it's called health span rather than lifespan health span like so, 120 yes yeah it's really interesting and so it's not everyone's like oh that's crazy and it's narcissistic and it is for a lot of these tech people who are investing in this it's totally narcissistic they want to like perfect their bodies perfect their things and and part of me you know i you know i love the we croak app you know where you hear five quotes about death every day you know, sometimes when these that guys, terrible. it's great. I did a whole podcast. It's wonderful. It's oh, wonderful. no. It makes you happier when you realize death is coming. Um, it so, does? Oh, yeah. Totally. Jesus. Totally. You'll see. Um, so see. It's, it's called We Croak. It's great. It's really great. It gives okay. you five quotes about death. And if you think about, like, it's Buddhist. It's, I'm not a Buddhist, but it's like, if you think about 
Like Steve Jobs talked about that in one of his speeches at Stanford, the famous speech that death was the thing that made him most creative because he knew he was going to die and therefore he was creative. Anyway, I'm not going to go into my death cult, Kara Swisher death cult thing. But what's really interesting is, is what is, how can you live a healthy life? Why do we have to go hospitalized? Like everyone ends up in the frigging hospital, like rotting away. Like why yeah. can't we live a healthy life closer to the end? And there are ways to start to figure that out. And I think that is interesting away from sort of this narcissistic, I'm going to do uh, th- these weird things that's, that are coming out of Silicon Valley right now, the intermittent fasting, the um, the Soylent stuff. It's I'm fine with them being narcissistic because I'm hoping it'll lead to some really interesting things around health investments because they're terrified of dying, all these people. And now they're not young so anymore. So it's all about narcissism, and brain, basically. and brain, and and, yeah. and 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 hack. It's body hacking, like essentially hacking your brain, hacking your body. And instead of just dismissing it, as I my first instinct is to do, is to think, why why put it out? Same thing with space travel. At first, I'm like, oh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are just competing to be, you know, it's just whatever they're doing there. But at the it's same time, it's a swing and dick race, exactly. And so they, so I'm, but there is some really fascinating things to think about space travel. Like, why not? You don't want to be that person who says that's ridiculous because it's the same thing with aging. It's just, it's it, if you take away from all the the bullshit around it, it's actually, to me, I'm most interested in the, that concept of of how you make a healthier world, and it's completely within possibility to use tech to do so. Let's take a break to talk about Google-Fi. Doesn't it feel like most phone plans just weren't made with us in mind? Between bad coverage, paying too much for data you don't ever actually use, crazy roaming charges, come on. Google-Fi is a phone plan by Google made with features that people like you and I actually want. Features like free international roaming, so you never have to worry about calling up your provider to let them know you'll be traveling. I hate that. Three networks in one. You can stay connected wherever you want. From your home to your office, everywhere in between. Google Fi works on your favorite smartphone so you don't have to switch phones just to switch plans. Another thing I hate. In fact, it's as easy as just downloading the app. You only have to pay for the data you use. Plus with bill protection, if you ever do use a lot of data, your bill is capped at a reasonable amount. Learn more at fi.google.com. That is fi.google.com. Switch to Google Fi, a phone plan by Google. Back to the podcast. Can you walk me through the alternate universe where Massachusetts in the late 90s becomes what Silicon Valley became? It will not. That would not have happened. Come on. No. no outside chance? 10 to 1 odds? No, never. No. Nothing? No, it's fascinating. It's in a that great Framingham, book about Nata, the, Natick there, There's area? geography to innovation, and there's a geo, there there is a way innovation dies, and it, there's signs. The, the signs of an innovative society is tolerance, openness, uh, immigration. There's all these. Every society that's been innovated over the course of history all have the same hallmarks of how they got that. Bay. Rome, uh, you know, Egypt, uh, you know, Alexandria, all kinds of places. They all have the same elements. Again, it's immigration, uh, immigration, diversity, tolerance, fit, risk, high tolerance of, of risk and failure. Um, it just doesn't sound like Massachusetts. It doesn't sound like Massachusetts ever. Yeah, I, I like the, Massachusetts. Not the Massachusetts side. But, but the same thing has happened. And then and then the ways these innovative societies fail are all the same. You know, a bubble thinking, too much wealth, um, uh, intolerance, 
lack of ability to see, you know, see anything outside your circle and, and, and too much self-referential and lack of diversity is always the same thing. Lack of diverse thinking, lack of diversity of people and thought. Yeah. And so you, you think about this country that way and you're like, where, where is that happening? We're, of course, we're like locked into this ridiculous death you know, grip on immigration. Arguing that whether immigration is good is astonishing. Yeah. It's astonishing. Like, of course it is. Every major internet person as an immigrant, like a lot of them, a lot of the top people in tech, I forget, it's a number that's so high. You know, Sachin Adela from India, Sergey Brin yeah. from Russia, uh, it's a former Soviet Union, uh, Elon Musk from South Africa. You can just, you can, and then getting down to the lower levels, it's all immigrants. And and you can talk about high-skilled immigrants. A lot of those people came from poor backgrounds. And you know, you don't you don't know where the great innovator is going to come from. Whether it's a kid coming across the Rio Grande, it could be a little girl coming across the Rio Grande has the figured out climate change. That's why I look at the NBA. Right. The exactly. NBA has more foreign stars than ever before. It's going to keep going up and up and up. But this is what this country's arguing about right now. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're not investing in science. We're not investing in tech. We're not investing in in. in, in you know, and meanwhile, China, which I'm sorry, we don't want them to run the next Internet age. I'm very certain of that. You know, it's a homogeneous society, which is a surveillance state with which government control. They are killing it going across the globe, giving equipment, Internet help, digital help. Besides buying all the mining rights to everything, they're doing yeah. that. They're smart like that. And so here we are literally arguing over the most inane stuff that is going to like not let us you know, innovate and create new small companies and create new well, small jobs. Well, why would jobs? we innovate when we could go backwards 23 years and well, read something somebody wrote yes. and then argue about whether whether they should pay for it now? Well, it's all the hallmarks of the society. that. But to me, we could bring it back. We can completely bring it back because one of the things that we have going for us is is the ability to create competition. And so that's why some of this stuff that some of these senators are saying, you can call them communists if you want, It's not, they're actually capitalists. Co competition is always better for the for for business. It's always better for the body politic. It's always better. It's even if it's you know kind of messy competition. And the yeah. only way startups are going to happen is if we remove the barriers to, to creation. We bring them to we bring them to the higher education. All kinds of things go into it, but certainly not. Um, I mean, immigration to me is the biggest. It's just such a obvious. Area. Why do people think you're mean? Why are you know. the queen of mean? I'm not the queen of mean. I don't feel like I'm you're mean at all. I think you're very pleasant. I'm very pleasant. No, see, you remember played you up said, a little online. No, I would I don't. say you're more feisty. Feisty. No, I think you they said the queen I'm of feisty. feared and loved. Did you notice that? Feared and loved. And Mark, Mark Andreessen, who what I- What is the fear though? What are Because I can find afraid? out about their thing. I think I'm a oh, really can, good reporter. I'm a good- I'm, So you can I pull was, the rug out from under somebody who's up to no good. Well, I think it's But that just makes you a good reporter. Yes, that's the- Yes, so I don't think it's fear is that- I haven't done as much reporting. I'm doing columns now, much more so than anything else. But, but you I think still they, have information. Yes, I think I'm good at getting information. I think that's like certain things I've done over the years. Like you know, when when um, when I was writing about Yahoo, I was like, "This is a fucking mess," and I kept saying it. And here's why, and I kept making an argument. And then it was a fucking mess. And like everyone in Silicon Valley doesn't want to like admit that that was the case. So I think what I do is I go, I look at something. I'm like, no. Not that. Like yeah. Uber, it's Travis Kalanick. I had a real problem with him as CEO. And I, you know, I was like, he's not going to, at one point I was interviewing someone and I think a lot of reporters try to be more circumspect in, in terms of what they're doing. And, and I was talking to someone at Uber and they were like, well, you're really hard on Travis. I said, he's not going to be CEO. He can't be the public company CEO. 
And they're like, well, you know, and I was like, you must realize this is not happening. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know how it's going to end, but I know how it's going to, I know it's going to end. I just don't like it. So you knew he was a mess. Oh yeah. You can just, you know, just by doing it. So I think what they fear is that I'm really good at getting information out of people and getting people to say things that are the truth. I think that's, I don't think that's fearing. I think it's just, I just say no to it. Like, no, that's not. Kyle, do you feel like she's being? I feel like I'm she's feisty. Like I'm in a good spot, and I'm just yeah. going to You, right. you yeah. and nephew Kyle are aligned because yeah. when he moved out here, yeah. I told him, don't get a car. Yeah. Was I'm like, right about that. That's my favorite thing that you said this whole time. Oh. I feel like I'm, I'm ahead of everything. My next column is about like, how I just sold a car. I wrote this car, literally, I wrote this column. This is a good example. This is why people think me. I'm saying, I'm not going to have a car. I'm never going to own a car. There's, nobody's going to own a car someday. Just so you know, you're yeah. never going to, you're going to have either autonomous cars the car eventually. company's like, let's kill her. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but like, I was just making a, I was just like, like strategizing. Like, here's a, here's a strategy thing that I'm thinking of. Like, this is where it's going to lead. And then this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And a lot of it came as I wanted to be a CIA analyst. Like, and so I would have did scenario building, which is I love to do. I'm like, this could happen. And then this, and then this could happen. Like that kind of stuff. And, um, and so I thought, I'm not going to actually own a car. Why do we own any, practically so many things we own? Why do we have to own them? Like, why do we own clothes? Why don't we rent clothes? Like, there's there's a lot of millennials now using Rent the Runway for not just gowns. You're not a lady. But, um, but, but business, why do I own a business suit? I wear it once. Like, what do I own? Why can't I rent it and then send it back? Like, People do it with tuxes. Right. They rent a tux. Why can't everything be like that? Yeah. So it's just, so anyway, so I started to think like this. So I wrote this car piece. And I said, I'm not going to own another car in my life. I didn't say I wasn't going to drive in a car. I didn't say I'm not going to use cars. I'm not going to use car to go or car sharing or whatever, or get a ride from someone. I just said, I don't, I don't think most people will own cars someday. And therefore you won't need insurance. And therefore you don't need parking garages. And therefore you don't need, you don't. And I was like, look or at your how your car getting broken into right, on the street. This iterates through the economy. Car accident. And then I was like, this is how it's going to go. Who, what's going to happen to the mechanics? And it's just like thinking when cars came, well, these horses are not long for this world. Maybe we shouldn't be in the blacksmith business. Maybe we shouldn't be, you know, it's just thinking yeah. like that. So I wrote this piece and I got a zillion, like a lot of people are like, yeah, I agree with you. And then a lot of people from the Midwest were like, I want my car. You don't have to drive long distances. This is it. And I was like, don't think in the short term. That's today you're going to need a car, but someday it's going to be like owning a horse for most people. Because most people, I'm sorry, people from the Midwest or in rural areas, most people are going to live in big mega cities. That is the demographic trend of all time. So most people will not own a car. I didn't say you couldn't have your pickup truck, have your pickup truck, enjoy it, ride it around, do whatever you want. But for the vast majority of people, owning a car makes no sense. It makes no sense for young people now. They're costly. They're, there's climate change issues. There's all kinds of stuff. All I'm saying is, I'm just saying, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you how we're going to get there. I'm just saying that's where it's going to end up. That's, you know, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to take 20 years or 10, you know, whatever, how long it takes. The inevitable, what I try to look at is the inevitable trend lines will lead here if you make certain determinations. Maybe we'll have flying cars like the Jetsons. We are, are you kidding? Larry Page is working on them. Yeah. Do you know that? Can't rule that out. He's working on it at, well, uh, people what's People have been working called? on it for decades. What's his company called? It's not Hoverboard. It's, it's oh, Kitty Hawk. Flying hoverboard. Kitty yeah, Hawk. Well, what could Kitty go Hawk. wrong with that? No, they're doing Hoverboard. They're doing Hover. They're like, you want to come see it? I'm like, absolutely. The one thing I'm against is the self-driving cars because we Why? live in this world where everything can get hacked at all times. Oh, I'm positive on. I don't want to be in a self-driving car. No when... one's really going to do that. 
What are you Come talking on. about? That what, for what reason? What are, everything's been hacked. Yes, but so what? Every day there's a new thing it's about hacking. It's going to happen once in a while and then they'll fix it. That, that's the small word. They'll fix it after I'm wrapped around a telephone pole. Well, maybe my, you. My but, non-driver drove yeah, into but, a thing. But, so you love it when humans are on the street? I'm sorry. No, no. especially in LA. No. Would you trust? Look, LA's like, like a demolition derby. Right. When something goes wrong in an autonomous vehicle, a million other cars learn that mistake. When something goes wrong with me in a car accident, I learn and maybe not. Like I might do it six times again. And so the idea that that people are better than than if if everybody uses autonomous cars, they'll be great. If there's humans and autonomous cars, that's going to be an ugly. That period. all sounds awesome, but I'll never have one. Well, you'll be dead by the time it. Actually. Be, no, you just <laughs> told me I'm going to live till I'm one twenty. Well, maybe. Well, if you do that this stuff, are you do that? Do you do that stuff? Which one? Soylent and all that. No, intermittent but maybe fasting. someday. Do you do intermittent fasting? No. I sit down with so many stupid internet people that talk to me about it. I like, They start a dinner. We're at dinner. And I'm like, here, have a roll. Carbs are great. Like, they make you feel better. <laughs> you just do it to torture I, them? I torture them all the time. I'm You're like, just here's a carb. putting mm, butter on here's it? Here's some mm. butter. Here's some butter. I'm The fasting fat. thing's interesting. It does, you know, if you don't eat all day, your brain weirdly does work better. I wouldn't advise it, but Yeah, I've but they done put butter before. in the coffee. And I'm like, stop with that. Like, well, that's... Stuff. I now yeah. put... Uh, uh, um, Coconut milk or oat milk in my I like oat milk. I don't like, like I've never milk? liked milk milk, so it's fine. I'm good with that. What do you what do you have planned for the rest of the year in 2020 before we so go? So much stuff. I'm doing a lot of interviews with presidential candidates. I did Pete Buttigieg. Oh. I did okay, yeah. um I did uh Andrew Yang. Um I've, I've interviewed Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, but I'm gonna do them again, do another interview with them again. So I'm gonna try to get to all the presidential candidates that are left. Um I wanna do Marion Williamson because I think she's Kyle fantastic. has a crush on Tulsi. Tell really? Kyle. I'm sorry, I'm looking at this flyer thing. Kyle. No, he doesn't. Kyle. He doesn't know Tulsi? who that is. No. no, he doesn't. He doesn't oh, know. no, I know who that is. I was watching, she was on last Hawaii night's debate, right? Oh, my yeah. God. Last night, it was like apocalypse with cutie. Tulsi. Yeah, really. Oh, a little cutie, really? <laughs> All right, that's fine. Whatever. In any case, she, she say crazy things as far as I'm concerned. I'm um, but I'm going to try to get to, to a lot of them. Like, I put Andrew Yang on because I was like, he's not crazy. He's actually got some fascinating ideas around UBI. And hashtag Yang Gang is tough. Though. I know they're terrible. <laughs> Gotta I get rid say, of that. Get I rid of say, hashtag. No, Yang I agree. Gang. He can't help it. Come he on. He I like the fact that he likes the NBA. He does. But hashtag he just Yang has Gang great has ideas, to go. Even if he's gonna don't name a gang after yourself. <laughs> I did Amy Klobuchar. I did. You know, I'm trying to get to all of them. I like to do Bernie and Biden. That would be good. Oh, um, so I'm going to try. I'd be really interested to hear an hour-long Biden podcast. I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can talk for two minutes. You know when I contacted them and they're like, "That's a real possibility." I'm like, "Oh." Okay. He would sure. definitely call you Carrie, Cara, <laughs> and Kelly during the interview. I like Uncle Joe. I like Uncle he's, Joe. The, the problem <laughs> is he's Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. He is. He's Uncle You Joe. see him on that stage like Cory Booker a couple times last night. It was, was like, was, Uncle Joe, take it down. Well, he was, at some point, he was like, kind of ready to grow. He dropped the gloves. Yeah. And then he realizes like, oh, this guy's 78. Like yeah. he's can barely can remember my name. Yeah. I don't know. That's I'm not, tough. I like, I like um, Kamala Harris quite a bit. And I like Elizabeth Warren. I like a lot of what she says. Um, so I'm going to try to interview all the presidential candidates. I'm starting this unscripted tour. Um, where I like that Trump Jr. I think he, Trump Jr. might. Oh, no. <laughs> Please. It's all Ivanka all the way. Let's try. Like, the Ivanka? Two, oh, you think that's the next one? You know, Dumb and Dumber aren't going to be running for anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, seriously. And actually, that's an insult to Dumb and Dumber. Um, and then yeah. I'm going to, we do the Pivot podcast with Scott Galloway, He's, yeah. which is great. It's a business and news stuff. We're probably doing more live ones of those. Those are great. Um, and uh, what else? I'm having a baby in uh, November. Not me, as you can see, because I'm svelte like this. But Smelt. my girlfriend is pregnant. And so oh, I'm congrats. having a third child. I'm quite old. 
I have teenagers, 14 and 17, two boys, and, and we're having a girl. It's great. I'm excited for that. So that's a big deal, I guess. That would be, that's a big and deal. And conferences, right? Yes, I do conferences. We do the, we have the code media conference. Did you conference. create those? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. No, I mean, did you create that concept? Yes, or did I did. somebody else do that before? No, not, well, people did conferences. And, but and did you, you created space. the idea of bringing these heavy hitters yes. in, in a setting? And yes, yes, yes. Because it's been ripped off since. It's totally by everybody. Vanity like, Fair Summit's pretty good. They do the same. Couple, yeah, a lot of bad ones, but there's gonna, a couple good ones. I think that's not... I bet that's not going to go. It was Graydon Carter really pushed that. So we'll see how right. the new editor continues to do that. 16 years. 16, 16 years. years. 17. Seven, 16, 17 years. So what happened was Walt Mossberg and I, Walt Mossberg was the greatest tech reviewer of all time. Yeah. Um, uh, and I created all things. We were at the Wall Street Journal and we saw a lot of conferences that were the, 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 the sponsors paid to be on stage. They were panels. Like, you know, the endless fucking panels. And they were boring. They were willfully boring. And so we said, we're going to, everyone's going to, you know, he had like 10 panels and then one headliner. We were like all headliners, only headliners. Like, there's not one person that couldn't headline a conference. And so, and they were both mostly single interviews. You've been on stage at them. So it's just one single person. Well, the genius of the concept is it's good for the people to go on them. So exactly. you're saving all this money on talent fees right, and stuff. Right, Because exactly. it's actually- just a smart move for them to do it. Right, exactly. So you have all this talent nobody would ever be able to assemble normally. No, exactly. And then and you can so we, you know, we had we started off doing like Bill and Steve. That was they were the most important people, and Steve had never gone to stuff. So that was a critically important thing in the early days. Um, we had the last interview before he died. It was an amazing interview. It was an, and we also sort of perfected this idea of real talk, like not not these interviews that are. And it was only Walt and I who did the interviews. Yeah. And so you didn't have ninety people doing some are good, some are bad. And then, and then we, that was it. That was, it was a very simple concept of sort of, well, you keep it, you keep it short on the numbers too, which yes. like yes. the NBA has this tech summit that's oh, should do? be awesome on paper, They should, but they yeah. have like eight people on stage and it's just no. people taking turns talking. No, we don't do panels. Yeah. We have maybe You need like, like two. there needs to be interaction. Like we had Natasha Leone from Russian Doll and Cindy Holland, who is programming head at Netflix. That was great because we needed the programming tech person and her who is the creator. Shouldn't so, be more than four people. Oh, shouldn't be more than two. Yeah. I, but I mean four I, max. No, no. They're the worst. I, I hate long, big panels. Everybody just keeps adding people. No, they do this in sports, by the way, with like studio shows where no. there'll be five people on a it's show. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. three minutes just, to talk. No, it's that's why I hate going on like, you know, you know, those big cable like you know, Hollywood right. Squares bullshit. Yeah. It's like, sometimes they call me, they're like, we're going to have six people. I'm like, well, good luck. You know, I can't say anything interesting it, or, you know, it's already yeah. so reductive and twitchy. How can you, like the other day I was watching one after the political thing and I'm like, who's talking? What did they say? What? Like, just have one person on who's smart to give me the information and then have another person on. I studied like, your conference thing in like 2013 range because yeah. I wanted to do, I wanted ESPN to do one and we came yeah. up with this whole awesome idea for it. Mm -hmm. And you guys were the model for it. I was like, mm -hmm. look at this. Look at yeah, the people, people. she, get, she yeah. gets. Um, we could do the sports kind of yeah, pop culture version one, of this. Yeah. And we have this way, it's ESPN. Like we would who's just- who's your audience for that? We would just kill. But who's your audience for that? Well, but if you get athletes, people are coming. Yeah. But I think- I don't, You have to think hard. But my see, argument I, was to put it in LA because yeah. I was like, there's really nothing in LA here. And yeah. if we did it and you had the collection of 
you know, Hollywood people and athletes and you try to figure out the right weekend. Yeah. I just wonder who's your platform. But the problem is for your sponsors, do you really want just everyone to come? See, we think about everything when we did it. People think, oh, it's just a conference. Like that's why everybody's failed at our concert. They often failed more. There's more failures of copies of us. Well, I I had a specific angle on it, but I don't, I don't want to say it because I still might do it. You might do it. Okay. You should, but here's (laughs) what you should think about. Literally. I did. I did think about that though. It it can't just be, hey, here's some people. Right. Like there has to be a reason What's they're the point? all there. Who's the audience and right. what, is, what is the sponsors going to get? You have to think about all your constituents, the audience, the the content itself should be the most important part. The your journalism. stuff is where's where where's shit going and here are the people right. who are in charge of that question. And also it's journalism is at the beginning of it. It was yeah. not, there were no business deal executives in the room when we created it. Mm. I can tell you that. And because they never do a good job. And like now Jim Bankoff's just made that we all just business. Say all whatever. he cares about is dollar signs. That guy. I guess so. I don't know. But he does not, he stays away. He That's wanted why a I shout did. out. That was my, my oh, shout Jim out Bankoff, for Jim yes. Bankoff. But I got to say, you know what? I've had a lot of job offers. I love working at Fox Media because he leaves me the fuck alone. And that is the greatest talent he has. One of the only well-liked media executives. He's great. He's like, okay. He does that. Okay. All right. Like I, that is, you don't know how valuable that is. Yeah. Like I, I don't want people to tell me how to do a conference. I know how to do it. Like I had someone who was wanted to hire me. Like, well, here's how I look at it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck how you think of it. I don't. Right. Have, you have no information. I've done 16 years, and I'm pretty sure I keep up on trends. Like I try to do that. Um, what, what's important about conferences to me is that people desire analog experiences in networking, and in a good way, where they have really great content combined. Like. Walt and I picked out the cookies at every event. We eat all the food. We test, we look at all the hotel rooms. We look at the place we're going. We spend Mm. an enormous amount of time on like, I don't know, the food trucks. Which food trucks? What are they going to serve? So we spend much more time than you think on the swag. For years, I picked out every bag. Because we one thing we did was I picked out a beautiful bag. Because I know nothing, rich people like nothing more than free shit. So I needed, you know, they love free shit. No, they and like so, one more thing than free shit. What? A free sleeveless vest. I, I ha- pioneered that. you guys make like the best ones. We did. I have two but of the them. Best Jeff ones. Chow, our president, has one in his office right now. It's the Those best Those code one. ones. No, I really literally is. try out 50. Like yeah. that's, I did that for years by myself. That's, I and call so, it the rich guy uniform. Yes, exactly. But now we've moved to other jackets. I forget the one they really like. Anyway, we, we think about it like all year long. I have a, a, I have a topo bag now. I love the topo bags. I don't know if you've seen them, but I look, I will look, we were at Toomey way before, not Toomey. Um, what's the one in San Francisco? We we just try everything out. You have those so, drink those drink jug thingies. Those, those that keep your yeah you you have those. We had in there. yetis early early, but then we move on to something else because yeah. it's really interesting. But one of the things you know we and we also get the sponsors to give things, and we also get the the people who come to give things. Like one year we had Bobby Kodak come, and I said you can give away anything you want to the to the to the um the attendees as long as I approve it. If it's a shitty thing, yeah. like someone's like beer cozy, I'm like, fuck you. No beer cozies for beer you. Cozy. Or like here's another battery <laughs> charger. Take the beer like cozy. no okay. battery chargers. Thank you very much. No like stupid things. Like they have to be creative, in, including sponsors putting up creative stuff. Like Comcast did it and they put up they made everyone those little tiny uh statues of themselves. People loved it. Like 3D, a 3D statue of themselves. People loved it. So everything we put in front of them has to be something that's really cool and interesting that they would want, not stupid books that they don't want to take home. And one of the, like Google yeah, books came- books are heavy too. Google Nobody came, wants to carry stuff Kodak around. Kodak came once and they're like, well, we could want to give away like something. And I was like, no, bring your vans that take photos and bring your most beautiful photographers. And, and they had a camera that took gorgeous portraits of people. Huh. Everybody wants a portrait. 
one year we had everyone doing dot draw dot you know we like to that's the kind of thing you have to think about if you're doing everything like if you're doing i'd be happy to help you with it but it's like you have to be super creative because it's an experience and stuff and then what happens is people copy you which they did with us like wsjd wow where'd they come up with that idea like you know and they do a shitty job of it so it's fine this um, is where the feistiness is really well, starting to come did. out. Come on. I like, like this. At one point, you know, I was, someone did that to me in college when I was a, a reporter in college and they, they stole my ideas. Like they kept stealing my ideas. It was really irritating. And I finally went up to him and I said, you know what? Go ahead, take it. Cause I've got a thousand ideas and you don't have one fucking idea in your head. So go ahead. I got a million of them. You know what I mean? It's like Elizabeth Warren and her plans. Like take one. She's got one. She's got whatever solution you need. Elizabeth Warren's got a 50 part series of plans she doesn't she should just give them away here 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 you know pete Buttigieg, just take one of my plans give it to biden biden Biden, here you go biden here's how we're gonna solve thank you kelly here's how we're (laughs) solve climate change here you go i got a 900 page report on the situation (laughs) with 26 action items and stuff so i just don't worry about it and what we try to do like with like podcasts is a good example this is this is a jim bankoff story I wanted to do podcasts. I thought they were very interesting five years ago, five or six years ago. I think we're on our 400th episode. We did Megan Rapino for this time. Rico Decode, I think. I, st- I wanted to start it. And I was like, Jen, I want to start a podcast. He's like, okay. Like that. That was exactly the approval of the whole thing. Yeah. And I found an intern and we just started doing it. And one of the things, a couple people, once they start to get involved, like the advertising people, they're like, you know, people don't want an hour long podcast. I'm like, fuck you. Yes, they do. Substance, substance, substance. Right. That's absurd. I've had this podcast for 12 years. I know you were way early. But but they've always been an hour plus. What are they talking about? I know. They were like, no, people like snackable. By the way, ESPN used to tell me that. Hey, man. Snackable. uh, Did they say that? Podcast is doing great, but keep it at like 20 minutes. Right. So I was like, the next one was like an hour, hour 30. 30. I exactly. was like, fuck, fuck you guys. You. Exactly. I'm not listening to and anybody. So, so that was what was great about it is you didn't like, we just did it and we were way, way ahead of it, of it before other people were. And now like everyone's doing them and now I'm like, what else are we going to, what's the next thing we're going to do? And so I don't ever worry about people catching up with me or you probably don't because you're entrepreneurial this way too. You're like, I'll just do something else. Like you were at ESPN and then you just left and you didn't like, I'm doing it. I'm fine by myself. I'm good with them. I didn't like them. I moved along. And so you have to have that mentality now in media or anything you do that like, go ahead, steal my stuff. I got, I got, I got it. Like, and you're, and you don't want to keep doing the same stuff. I'm guessing. No, we like to keep trying stuff and trying to add to what you're doing and and then when it fails, what do you care, right? You move on. Yeah. Do the next thing. Right. Try to learn so why what? something failed. So we both what? had things that failed. I like that. Take we, from it. You take I liked how you handled the, the ESPN thing. I was like, someone was like, oh, someone in some media thing was like, oh, Bill Simmons. And I was like, he'll be fine. I was like, I feel sorry for ESPN, actually. That's who I actually feel bad in that trade because you don't have, you don't need that. I, I look at it now like it was 14 and a half years, which is a really long time. Yeah. That's like, Longer than Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's yeah. marriage. <laughs> <laughs> or then, which other one did he marry? Oh, yeah, Katie Holmes. It Katie Holmes. Way right. longer than that the Katie one. Holmes yeah. marriage. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, it I'm was glad a, you track his marriage. It's a good relationship. Well, he's yeah. had a lot of marriages. Yeah, he has. Um, Mimi, he married Mimi. Oh, that's right. That was an that early was a one. Way early one. Yeah. yeah. He'll have another one. I still like Tom Cruise, like, even though I hate Tom Cruise. I'm all in on Tom Cruise. I am too. I hate that the I The Top like Gun him. 2 trailer. I was, I was. I am so. Would you like to go together? Because I am so. People are like, I can't believe you want to go see that. I'm like, Hello, 
Are you kidding? We did an emergency re. We did this podcast called The Rewatchables, where uh-huh. we we basically dive into popular movies that you've mm-hmm. seen a million times. Mm-hmm. That Top Gun trailer came out. We did an emergency Top Gun <laughs> one rewatchables, and it was of course like one of the most popular Best ones we've movie. done. People love Top Gun. Oh. People like Tom Cruise. I feel the need yes. for speed. Oh yeah. Oh my God, it's such a good movie. Such um, a good. This was fun. Now yeah, I have to come you on so yours. Much. Okay. Yes, you are. You're coming on my podcast. At some point. Be great. I do. We have to talk about sports thing. Oh, totally. We'll no, do I'll talk person. about whatever. Okay. What else we do you talk want to about? Talk about? You have to know. teach me about sports because I'm the only lesbian in America who doesn't know anything about sports. Well, the Rapino thing was good for you. Yes, but we didn't talk about soccer because I wouldn't. You didn't have talk been about it at all. A little bit, didn't we? A little bit. I just, I really am the. I literally. She did an awesome job of playing the gay card in yeah. a way that wasn't oh, hitting you yeah. over the head with it, but yeah. just kind of having yeah. fun with it. Yeah, I, that's right. My I thought she was it. awesome. She was. You know what I love about her? And I think it's important in life is she takes up her space. Yeah. And she's not apologetic about it. And she's and she delivers at the same time. And I, that's the key to success. I tweeted about her because my daughter plays soccer mm-hmm. and just really became enamored with how she carried herself for right. Pino in the games. Right. and. right. You know, free kicks, corner kicks. Right. She's just like, this is mine. I'm yeah. the one that does this. I'm the calmest person in this field. She would score, do the yeah. celebration with her arms out. Yeah. And the way she carried herself is like the way my daughter wants to eventually get to as a soccer player where you're the most unflappable person in the field. Right. So, of course, I tweeted this. And then it was like, it turned into a week-long debate about Rapino as a political tool and fuck you, Simmons, blah, blah, blah. And, and, it, and I was like, I'm not even tweeting about the Trump's thing. I'm just right. tweeting about her as a soccer player. Yeah, she owns her but space. She, it somehow blurred for her where now there's no going back from that, I don't feel like. where she's, she's just a chess piece now in this whole Trump, anti-Trump no, thing. No, you're wrong. I think she really- I'm just telling you what my experience was with the tweet. In I think that, that, she, that she's I think forever that's, linked uh, to that? Yeah, I think- I think it's obscured just the valuable contribution she did just as a soccer player of the World Cup. The Trump thing became a permanent part of that. I think well, it's a bummer. Do you think girls, like your daughter, I don't have a daughter. She doesn't care about the Trump Well, stuff. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So she's just an inspiration no matter what. So it doesn't yeah, really matter. but that's matter. the part that got lost a little bit. Like the cool, the coolest thing about that team mm-hmm. wasn't the fuck you Trump stuff. No. It was the, there are all these girls like my daughter watching them going, those are some badass people women that I want to yeah. I want to be like that someday. Right. And that was it. That was the legacy of that team. I think it still is. I, I don't hope think, so. I think the Trump thing is just part of the brand, like part of the way she, it's not the brand even, it's the way she is. Whatever she's asked about, she gives the answer to. Like her She own. became polarizing, which is nuts because oh, she's playing know. for our fucking country. No, I think she delivered Believe the Believe me, she's, polar, she's yeah. polarizing. Yeah, I don't know. In a certain specter of the country. I still think she's so good. People are like, she's just so good. She's just that good. I wish you, you were so? right. I, here's why I think I'm right. Here's why I think I'm right. Because I had someone who said, you know, you know, I think she's really arrogant. She's really arrogant. Like, she's so arrogant about the way she puts her arms and this and that. And I said, do you think uh, the same thing about LeBron James or Michael Jordan when they did that? Because I'll show you some pictures of them doing it. And they're like, I never did. And I said, why is it a problem for the top athlete in her profession not to do that? And they're like, I never thought of that. Like, if you start to, like, point it out to them, I think, or the Trump thing is, why should she go to the White House the way he behaves, right? I wouldn't, you know, I I don't think most people, if they listen to it, Well, by the way, the, most teams have not gone to the White House. Right, exactly, exactly. But I think she, I don't think she Which does. Is I think weird, she has a big lasting impact. Such, like, a likable guy. You would is think he? they would want to come meet him and hang out with him. I have heard that he could he's follow super... them around like he followed Hillary in I, the debate. Oh God! You know, I talked to her about that. We I, I interviewed her on stage. But that's when just she recently. lost the election. 
you know what? We d- I asked her, I said, why didn't you turn around and say, fuck you? Like, she should have. She said she should have. She said she, she, she should have stopped. She said and she been had like, a calculation what's going on here? where people would think she was a bitch. I think essentially that's what she said. She said it in a nicer way, but she said, I thought about it and I thought, I have so much baggage that people will think I'm mean if I turn around. But he did that. It was 100% intentional. And of he was course. trying to and demonstrate she, the physical superiority he had because yeah. he's a foot taller there. Yeah, she, he's a big guy. But yeah. she said, I should have, she goes, I should have turned around and said, You are creepy. Get the hell away from yeah. me. Yeah. And she said that was a she was a great regret of hers not doing that. I agree with you, I agree with you. So we'll see. Did you watch the debates? I did. And I, we got to get down to like four or five before yeah. we can really get right. going on some stuff. All right, okay. Especially last night was exactly what you knew was going to happen, where Biden and Harris are the front runner, so mm-hmm. everybody else is just steering all their stuff to yeah. go after them. Yeah, and it's like we just need to get to. Did you like Michael Bennett? I love Michael Bennett. He was all right. He's great. He's great. He would have been a presidential contender in any other era. No, a lot of these guys don't get a ton of time and or ladies, yeah. but Jay like, Ensley's great. Yeah, he actually I didn't know anything about him. He's I actually great. liked the way he carried himself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Thank you for having me on. You're coming Thanks on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. All right, we're gonna it. talk about your favorite tech things. Whatever you want to talk about. All right, cool. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.